Welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa, and today is our research learning week for the month of September. Also, check out our shop. We've worked so hard to give you more resources, so don't just stop off here with the podcast. Head over to the website and take a look. So today, I want to bring in some literature on a topic that we don't really hear a lot about in the music therapy world. Intergenerational music therapy programming is the bringing together of multiple generations in a group music therapy setting. This type of programming can look like many different things, as we'll talk about today, but often the goals of programming in this way are to address social and emotional needs of usually older adults and younger children, teens, or young adults. I would propose that this type of programming most often includes older adults because of the isolation that they often experience from their living situations, social isolation caused by mobility or physical needs, changing social climates, and even society's attitudes towards seniors and the elderly. There may also be cognitive decline or illness or physical conditions like aphasia or Parkinson's that can sometimes make connecting with others more challenging. But music therapy has an amazing tool that accommodates for and improves aspects of many of the challenges that I just mentioned, and that is music. From cognitive stimulation to physical function to social connections, music can bridge the gap and make a common ground for amazing intergenerational experiences. We're going to talk all about it, so let's dive in. I want to start by looking at an article titled The Effect of a Music Therapy Intergenerational Program on Children and Older Adults Intergenerational Interactions, Cross-Age Attitudes, and Older Adults Psychosocial Well-Being. This is an article by Melita Belgrave, and this study came out in 2011 and sought to improve cross-generational interactions and attitudes between children and older adults. The study was conducted using an experimental design with 30-minute music therapy sessions weekly for 10 weeks. Music therapy sessions included singing, movement, instrument play, and structured conversation. On a bi-weekly basis, the participants were given pre-test and post-test measures to determine cross-generational attitudes, older adults' well-being, and researchers recorded analysis of intergenerational interactions, both verbal and nonverbal. The sessions were video recorded and objective measurements taken by research assistants using interval recording of 15 seconds. The outcomes of the study indicated that four of the six objective, positive behavior markers were significantly more frequently recorded by the end of the experiment, indicating increase in quality of interactions between participants. 
Now, these markers included behaviors such as smiling, eye contact, physical touch, and initiating conversation. The music therapy interventions found to be most successful at increasing these behaviors were structured conversation and movement to music, while the least effective was instrument playing. The children's attitudes toward older adults were not significantly different from the control group, but it is important to note that they used less negative descriptors of older adults when asked to describe them. The older adult group was found to include significantly improved attitudes toward the children after the experiment. The older adult well-being results indicated a slightly higher self-rating of usefulness after the experiment, but no significant improvement in self-worth ratings within the time of the experiment. Now, this study gave valuable data on the benefit of intergenerational programming for children and older adults. Coming out of a long season of pandemic isolation for both children, which is disruptive to social development and education, and older adults who often experience limited social opportunities, which can speed up cognitive decline, this type of programming could be greatly beneficial to communities now in providing data on how and why it is helpful for securing funding and partnerships to increase music therapy access. Educationally, this type of program bridges a huge age and demographic gap in music therapy group setting, which is a valuable clinical skill to be able to successfully facilitate. So when I say educationally, I'm thinking about the value of data like this for educating clinicians. But lastly, the study indicates the ability for music therapy to foster an inclusive group that provides excellent social and emotional benefits across generations and gives insight into what interventions and methods are most effective. A second study that I want to describe was facilitated by the faculty at the University of Louisville in 2017. They created a research study to address the lack of literature on intergenerational music therapy and published a paper titled Intergenerational Music Therapy, Bridging the Generational Gap Through Community-Based Music Making. The program outlined a music therapy structure in the following way. Every session began with a gathering activity for 10 minutes using an original transition song to orient the participants. Next, a signature greeting song for three minutes to promote intergenerational interaction. Three, non-locomotor and locomotor movement for five minutes to improve adults' physical functioning. Four, instrument play for five minutes to promote intergenerational interaction. Five, storybook singing for five minutes corresponding to the storybook of the day to improve children's literacy skills. Six, storybook reading for five minutes to improve children's literacy skills. And lastly, a closing goodbye activity for about seven minutes using a signature goodbye song to promote intergenerational interaction. So if you were adding up the timestamps, the sessions were 30 minutes long on a semi-weekly basis. The participants of the study included children aged three years old from a daycare program and older adults from a senior living center, um, and that group did include some participants with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and dementia diagnoses. One interesting thing about this um, program structure in this study was that two of the authors were not music therapists. One was a director of the university's early learning campus, and another was a professor of exercise physiology and community health. 
So this was a great design um, for a collaborative interdisciplinary study. In an article published in the Voices Journal, German authors Cornelia Hessenberg and Wolfgang Schmidt write about an intergenerational music therapy group, including persons with dementia and children and adolescents in psychiatric care. The authors noted that both of these populations share stigmatizing illnesses and not being able to live in their family environments anymore. Quote, the promotion of social skills and resources, as well as the support of emotional expressivity and reminiscence work are particularly important in the intergenerational group. End quote. This program began in the late 90s, and the groups take place in the common areas of a local senior living center. So they transport the children from the psychiatric facility to the senior living center. And these sessions take place weekly and are 60 minutes long and provide various music rituals, such as the greeting and farewell songs, um, which the authors noted that the children often take ownership over. Everyone is greeted by name in the group, and the authors also noted that logistically, sitting a child between two adults has been found to have really positive effects on the group dynamics. Quote, singing favorite songs and playing and improvising on instruments are the focus of the session. End quote. So much of these sessions are loosely structured and very music and improvisationally centered. I want to read a longer quote from this article because the resource-oriented, music-centered approach really shines through in what the authors have to say here. Quote, Young and old people identify themselves with their music and introduce themselves to the group with their preferred songs. In the mutual mediation of age-specific songs, the children and adolescents develop a tremendous willingness to learn the traditional folk songs and favorite schlager of the older people. For the latter, the ability to still pass on and teach their favorite songs despite cognitive impairment can be seen as an underrated resource. In return, the children and adolescents present their hip-hop and pop songs and try to teach the older participants the texts and melodies. This sometimes causes curiosity in the older people, but also joy and admiration for the children. Beyond that, the joint improvisation of a young and an old person on instruments is of particular significance when it comes to building relationship between the generations. In these creative moments, the whole group becomes an attentive audience, listening to the premieres and providing them with applause and appreciation. The therapeutic aims that the authors noted for this program included promotion of social competencies, activation of resources, opportunity for emotional expression, and promotion of memory and identification. A final quote from this particular reading, by making music with each other and talking about common life issues such as leave, exclusion, or the joy of music, a bridge is built between the young and the old people. Now, one final area of intergenerational programming that I want to talk about is one that I've actually had the opportunity to be a part of. Dr. Natalie Wadarzik is the Music Therapy Program Director at Drury University, and she was my professor and advisor during my time there. She began a program called Intergenerational Rock Band, or IGRB, hosted at Drury University that includes older adults from the community and college students at the university and a weekly rock band group. I'll also add that the group is really open to anyone participating at Drury, 
So there are even faculty members and professors that participate, which is a really cool kind of melting pot of the Drury culture. The majority of participants are in the vocal choral section. However, the live accompaniment for all of the music is provided by instrumentalists from the school and the community. So there's a whole live band that plays in addition to the vocal section of IGRB. Dr. Wadarzik has written and published about research that she's done with this group and was featured on the AMTA Pro podcast with one of the rock band's former student conductors, Matt Valois. Here's a quote from the introduction to the AMTA Pro podcast, which I would encourage you to go listen to. Natalie Wadarzik and Matt Valois provide pragmatic guidelines for intergenerational rock band experiences designed to facilitate maintenance of cognitive, psychosocial, and physical skills for older adults while introducing both generations to new music and new experiences. I want to share a quick memory to kind of illustrate what this program looks like. Um, and this memory, this story actually includes Matt. One of the songs in our repertoire for the group that semester was. Little Talks, the song Little Talks by Of Monsters and Men. And I was going to be the female vocal soloist and Matt was the male vocal soloist. And um, if you know the song, then you know that there's a horn part that's pretty distinct throughout the song. Well, the choir had was given, everyone was given a kazoo. And so they played the horn solo part on the kazoos in between singing and with the vocalists and with the band. It turned out to be such a great arrangement and it was really a lot of fun. Um, and if you think about or if you know about the benefits of using wind instruments in music therapy, especially kazoos, I'm a huge kazoo fan. I literally did a whole episode on it um, on this podcast, episode 46. But the benefits of that for respiration and, again, learning new things and building, encouraging those new synapses in the brain and working together as a collaborative event to learn a new and simple instrument is just great. The auxiliary benefits are awesome. And it was just a lot of fun. So I've included a link to the pro podcast episode where you can hear Dr. Wadarzik and Matt talk about it for themselves. They share some great information on how to facilitate an intergenerational program like this. And as a bonus, there's a short video clip included where you can see Matt and IGRB in action. And it is quite fun. He's leading some choreography. She has an article in the Music Therapy Perspectives Journal titled, It's My Time, Older Adults' Experiences and Perceived Benefits of Participation in an Intergenerational Rock Band. This is going to be our final research portion for the episode. So this study sought to answer the following research questions. How do older adult members describe the experience of participating in an IGRB? And what are the perceived benefits associated with participation in an IGRB for the older adult members? Using qualitative content analysis with face-to-face -face interviews, Dr. Wadarzik um, collected some really valuable experiential data. Quote, experiences and perceived benefits associated with participation in the IGRB for these older adults were encompassed by four themes, staying active, wanting to try something new, feeling connected, and seeking positive experiences. 
The study found that IGRB is an innovative and collaborative and inclusive intergenerational music making experiences that leaves an overall positive impact on its older adult members. Dr. Wodarczyk also notes that a key contribution of the study is the importance of promoting a judgment-free environment for singing that is inclusive of all ability levels. This study helped develop a better understanding of older adults' motivations and can help plan future music experiences for older adults to broaden the reach to the older adult community at large. There's one direct quote, um, because in that article, it's really neat, she includes direct quotes from some of the study participants. And there's one direct quote from Dr. Wadarzik's paper that I want to end with, because it sums up um, a first-person um, testimonial, if you will, that kind of speaks to this idea that comes through in all of the research and all of the programming that I've talked about today, and that is the word connection. Because the ultimate goal, the broader goal of intergenerational music therapy programming is to use music to facilitate connection, to bring all the differences of different generations and bring them together in the music. So this is what one of the participants of the IGRB had to say about how this group helped her connect. Quote, I heard best day of my life in Walmart one day, and I was like, oh my gosh. It was incredibly exciting. I would never have paid attention to it or known it otherwise. It just lifted me up. It's just fun to recognize something that's in the pop music culture. So as we close today, and as you're thinking about what intergenerational music therapy can mean and what it can look like, I hope you're inspired by all of the positive research and the testimonies of participants. I hope that we can continue to increase in this research and this programming and share it to do exactly what Dr. Rodarczyk's article said, to reach a broader older adult community and building those connections that are so beneficial for everyone involved. I hope this leaves you inspired in thinking about how maybe you can bring some intergenerational music therapy to your programming. Thanks for tuning in to Music Therapy and Beyond. For show notes from today's episode, head to our website, musictherapyandbeyond.com. And while you're there, check out our shop. If you enjoy this content, please like and subscribe to share our work on all platforms. And don't forget to tune in every Monday for another great episode. We'll see you next time.